1: Hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing? Pretty good. Is it Monday again? It is Monday again. Doesn't it seem just- like it was just Monday. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, the world is turning faster and faster and faster. Uh, but yeah, it's, it sounds like we. it felt like we just knocked out the buzz, just like yesterday afternoon, it feels like, huh? Well we were uh we were on for live streams a few days last week. So
0: it you know, it kind of yeah. And I think we're gonna be uh we're gonna be seeing some people again
1: a few times this week, right? We sure are. It's gonna be it's gonna be groundhog day. Groundhog day is gonna be our theme uh this week for sure. Lots and lots of uh, conversations and action uh to be driving uh, via our programming here at Supply Chain Now. We're gonna touch on some of that momentarily. But thanks for joining us here for Supply Chain Buzz, where Greg and I Uh, Tackle some of the leading stories across global business every Monday at twelve noon Eastern Time. Uh, All right, so Greg, uh, we've got a special guest joining us about twelve twenty-five today, Matt Fitzgerald with Six River Systems. We're going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about a variety of things, including the highly competitive labor market across industry. So buckle up, folks, get ready. We want to hear from you too, Greg. Before we hit, uh, say hello to some folks. Before we we share some programming notes, I want to know what the Hilton Head Global supply chain logistics transportation scientific <laughs> index is at this morning. I love that. We need to put together. Uh, <laughs> Come up with that acronym.
0: Acronym right? for that. <laughs> not sure. Not sure we want to spell what that might spell. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you what it spells today, and it's delay. So I've adapted the index somewhat. It was about five. It was five uh, outside of the port of Savannah today, and it was twenty eight outside the port of Charleston today, which believe it or not is down. Um, and we're going to talk about an initiative by the U S government and some other, uh, some other companies that are uh, trying to figure out how to overcome this, this delay. So it's going to be interesting to talk about that, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it wasn't that long ago, Scott, that the, ports on the east coast were bragging about their ability to throughput ships so ships started coming to the east coast and gulf coast ports and what we've realized is that the volume that was being delayed on the west coast was so substantial that now it's starting to shift delays basically to virtually every port on the u.s
1: coast so you know where is sylvia judy When we need her, we're going to have to get a boots on the ground report from what's going on in Charleston, but, uh, I'm going to volunteer for that boots on the
0: ground report, Scott, (laughs) as long as I get to do it in Charleston (laughs) at
1: halls, steakhouse for dinner. That's the, (laughs) that's that's the on ground part. So it it comes to the territory. So let's make that happen, uh, and enjoy a good dinner afterwards. Uh, Hey, before we get started, we're going to say hello to a few folks who already uh, uh, joined us here today, but I want to share just a couple of quick announcements. So, again, the 2022 Supply Chain and Procurement Awards, Greg, nominations continue to be open uh, for about 10 more days, April 1st, is when they all have to be in. Uh, we've now got- conveniently aligned
0: with. Or near the start of Major League Baseball season. <laughs> that was
1: all planned. That was yeah, all I planned. Figured, I figured that's what it was. <laughs> so, uh, folks, we've got eight or nine different categories. We've got um, a, a variety of leadership, pointed awards, digital transformation, automation, logistics, something for everybody. Manufacturing excellence, I believe. Uh, but you can learn more at supplychainprocurementawards.com. And uh, it doesn't matter where you're located. It doesn't matter where your operations or your people Products, where, you name it, where all that's located, uh, companies across the globe are all eligible. So check that out, uh, Greg, I was just going to make
0: that one qualification,
1: yeah. Scott, and that is yeah. Earth is preferred as a
0: location <laughs> for your company. That, that's an important distinction, yes. N- nominations
1: um, for Mars or Planets Beyond are not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, uh, let's talk about the globe, uh, as in the Global Upstate International Business and Foreign Affairs Conference. Greg, you and Kevin L. Jackson both are going to be speaking at this conference. It takes place March twenty eighth through the thirty first, and registrations right. are also open. Greg, what are you looking forward to there? Uh, really, getting to see, to meet, and talk
0: about world events with people from around the world. I mean, this is not solely a U.S. perspective or even a South Carolina perspective on um, what's going on in in both international political affairs and international business. We're going to get to meet people from all over the globe, have some panels to talk about technology and supply chain, in addition to geopolitical affairs and other types of international uh, and governmental affairs. So uh, it's going to be very interesting talking about things like you know, what we can expect from China in coming years from a more geopolitical perspective rather than just a business or supply chain perspective. So that's going to be interesting and should help shape how
1: we approach business going forward. Excellent. Well, we look forward to that again, March uh, 29th through the 31st. The registrations open uh, it's going to be held in Greenville and Spartanburg, so y'all check that out. Looks like our team—big thanks to Catherine and Chantel uh, behind the scenes, driving production—have dropped the link in the chat. So y'all check that out. Uh, and then finally, uh, we have just assembled. Uh, so uh, Greg, our dear friends at Vector Global Logistics—they're involved in a wide uh, array of humanitarian yeah. efforts, and not all. I mean, you know, it's core to who they are as a company. Uh, you know, books to Africa. Um, uh, eyeglasses to families and kids in need. I think in South America, that's just part of what they do. So uh, we got together and we want to lean on their expertise and facilitation relationships to help um, marshal resources. Uh, So uh, join us this Wednesday, 3 PM, March 23rd, as we attempt to leverage the logistics within our network for Ukraine. So they're already involved in, in very specific needs and being able to get the resources to meet those needs based on their relationships and their organization and what they do. And we want to kind of have a, a clearinghouse. Uh, we're going to see this is highly uh e- experimental, I guess for lack of a better phrase. But yeah. you know, it comes, Greg, from a place where we want to do something. Whatever we can do, you know, you give from what you have, and we want to do something to to help address some of the needs and uh, atrocities that are going on in Ukraine due to the Russian invasion. Your quick take there, Greg.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we, we talked to uh, a number of people in, in the last couple of weeks about what we can do. I think it's important to do something, and what we're trying to do is create an outlet where just one more place where you can find a legitimate place to get uh, get
1: funds or products or whatever to people in need, right? That's right. Uh, and this comes on the heels of, of having a wide variety of folks that are that are in uh, that are uh, in Poland, in Ukraine. Uh, as Greg mentioned, we've spoken to. We feature some on the shows to help get the word right. out about ways you can help, vetted ways. So this is in that vein. Uh, join us 3 p.m. It's, it's open to folks that want to help regardless of what you do. Uh, if we could, uh, we did not grab that link. Um, that's my bad, uh, Catherine and Chantel. If we can drop. Um, Amanda's email address in the chat. If you want to be a part of that, shoot Amanda an email and we'll get you a link out to sign up for that uh, that that call on Wednesday. Okay. So Greg, uh, on a much, much lighter note, ask and ye shall receive. We have Sylvia Judy with us right here. I'm, I have a feeling she's always there. <laughs> it's not always sounding off. So... Well, I'm sure she's yeah uh, she's working uh doing supply chain Funny stuff. For sure, <laughs> yeah, she's trying
0: she's trying to clear that backlog in Charleston <laughs> is what she's doing. Probably single handedly
1: would be my guess. Sylvia, <laughs> so great to have you here. Uh, Aaron Davis, uh, tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to have you here. Let us know where you're uh, dialed in from. What part of the world? Sheldon Rose is back. We've enjoyed <laughs> Sheldon's perspective, huh? Yep, on and
0: off live streams. Yeah, I mean he's making some great observations and suggestions around the supply chain.
1: Agreed. Of course, Jose Montoya. Uh, Thank goodness. Now we know we've got SoCal on the air. That's good. (laughs) That's right. Host of uh, Logistics and Coffee, which is a a great stream takes place. Jose, great to have you, fellow kindred spirit. Hey, Josh Goody's with us. Tuned in again from Seattle, right? Right, Greg? Yes. We (laughs) need to know the state of Seattle this time. Is its
0: it... Warm and sunny? Is it cold and damp? Is it rainy and dreadful?
1: Right, dreadful and rainy, yeah. or is it Washington? But regardless, uh, let, <laughs> let us let us know how what the weather's like up in that neck of the woods, Josh. Covered Great to have suds. you back. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Greg, we before we welcome on uh, our esteemed guest Matt Fitzgerald with Six River Systems, we've got we're going to walk through three stories that we're tracking. Are you ready to go? I am. Well, let's do that. Let me share this here. So the first program, uh, the first story up here in this article via Supply Chain Dive, the White House has announced an initiative last week. They're calling, catch this, Greg, the, Fre- the Freight Logistics Optimization Works Initiative. Whew. Flow for short, I, I guess, is what they're going to be referring to that. Uh, it's led by the U.S. Department of Transportation. It's focused, as Greg alluded to, on the front end. Uh, on developing a much more effective information sharing system across the ports, shippers, carriers, three pls, all the stakeholders. Right, the pilot is limited to just 15 companies and just a few ports, including Greg. I believe if I read this right, the Georgia Ports Authority. That's correct. So, so that would include uh, Brunswick and
0: and Savannah. So right. So Greg, your take on this development here? Uh, I. You know, I, I remember when they first started talking about this, the fear of God was struck into me that the government might be building a technology solution. It appears now that it's more a data facilitation initiative, which is good. In my opinion, some of this data is um, public property, not the property of of even its originators or generators. Um, so I think that's a good thing. The And the companies that are in it, drive a ton of volume. I think it's a prudent approach to use San, I think it was San Pedro. Is that the port that they used on the West coast? I believe. And the Georgia ports, relatively lower volume. So you test the system and break it on low volume before you test the system and break it at higher volume um, to kind of work the bugs and the kinks out. So that's, that's a, a good approach from a startup standpoint. A lot of the companies that are involved have a ton of power: CH Robinson, UPS, FedEx, um, Target. Um, I'm trying to think who who's else who? There's another big brand there. What's that? That's a list of who's who. Yeah, CMA, CGM, you know uh, the shipping companies and that sort of thing. So um, I think there's, you know, they've covered a lot of commerce, and and I think that will be helpful. So you know, we'll have to see how this evolves, um, but I think it's, you know, the word two words that scared me one is flow because it almost seems like as in many government initiatives they force fit the initiative to fit the acronym uh, rather than building an acronym around the goals of the of the initiative uh and the other is voluntary not mandatory compliance with the 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 requests of this um you know this methodology so there's mm. got to be a way to make it mandatory, compulsory, whatever you want to call it, so that everyone does has to and does uh, contribute data to this. Because the goal is to, pr- to provide data that gives insight to the people that you will be impacting. A port ahead of time, ahead right. of showing up, right? A, a supplier ahead of placing an order, all of those things. So um, it, it's important that companies contribute to this. Um, but, hey, it's a
1: start. So it is a start. It is a start. I I, I love your take on all that, Greg. A lot of stuff wasn't even in the article. So I I appreciate you. You got your finger on the pulse as always. And I appreciate you sharing uh, some of your take there. Let's uh, really quick. I think Amanda. Uh, I know you're doing some major multitasking. If I can add one more task, if you don't mind. Um, Amanda, we hit the link for the, the leveraging logistics for Ukraine. If you could drop that when you get a chance, drop that in, in the chat so folks can join yep. that Wednesday call. So thanks so much, Amanda. and appreciate all that you do. Speaking of, we got Todd Craig. OTC is tuned in today. Todd, how are you doing? Yeah. Tell us what you're seeing out there. Yeah, we'd welcome it. Talk about Fingers only
2: seeing a
0: beach. My guess is (laughs) certainly he wouldn't be tuning in
1: from his kids' spring break, would he? Uh, I don't know. Maybe a couple weeks early for that. (laughs) Todd, hope this finds you well. Great to have you here. Uh, Larry uh, Costello, good morning. New here from Houston, Texas. Another port that's getting a shift
0: of volume from the West Coast as well, right? The initial port that we first started talking about, which seems like five years ago, but it was probably about a year. Year ago, right? That we started right. to see that shift towards Houston.
1: Well, Larry, great to have you here. We love Houston, uh, everything but the Astros. Uh, <laughs> a little friendly, <laughs> a little friendly vi- uh, uh, vibe there. But uh, oh, hey, you're friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's from Houston as well. A hey, small, small world, small world. Uh, Josh has given us that uh, weather report you asked for. Still raining and cold. Kind of miss the eastern desert near Richland. Hmm. Hmm, how about that? uh sylvia Spoke teamwork and, yeah teamwork makes the dream work uh as always sylvia mohib from where greg wichita state go shocks that's right air capital of the world <laughs> greg is representing today hey and finally divine is uh, is back with us uh divine sports and mentorship inc good morning from texas great to see you back here with us, Divine. Okay, so Greg, moving right along, let's move yep. to this next story here before we bring on, again, Matt Fitzgerald with Six River Systems is going to be here with us about 1225. Uh, so next up, so we all remember the Ever Given, right, which was stuck in Suez Canal, really yeah. c- continues. You know, We're still, uh, in some cases, uh, catching up uh, from that incident. Well, its sister ship, the Ever Forward, has become stuck recently in the Chesapeake Bay. So according to Transport Topics and the Coast Guard, the vessel has essentially gotten stuck in the mud um, for about a week just outside, Greg, what's called the Craig Hill Channel. uh, Evidently, it's the deepest part of the Chesapeake Bay that's meant for uh, container ships. Um, It's a primary lane for container ships moving in and out of the area. So, Greg, what say you? My first thought was ever – Green needs
0: to rename their their company to Everaground, but uh, other than that, my guess is because this was just outside the channel. My guess is yet another one of their ships has broken down, lost steering or steer or um, propulsion, and drifted onto something like this. It is a, a law in this port that a foreign-owned ship must be piloted by a harbor pilot who would never have gone outside the channel and run it aground. So I can only guess that the ship must have broken, though. They aren't reporting that um, right now. They're still investigating and also trying to keep the ship from breaking up, monitoring for fuel loss and that sort of thing. So um, the reason that it could be weeks is that this went aground at high, high tide, full moon, Mm. And the next tide, probably high enough to float this ship without taking a substantial amount of cargo off of it, is the next full moon. Or in some cases, depending on the harbor, it could be the next new moon, which I've realized from now, being so close to the coast, that that's also when you get very high, high tides. So, mm.
1: How
0: about that? So man, it, it's a couple weeks to 28 days away from when this ship got grounded.
1: Uh, well, the, thankfully... Uh, and of course we hope that the, the ship stays, uh, intact, but, but thankfully ships are still able to navigate yeah. around. So it's not clogging. Since it got
0: outside the channel. That's actually pretty good though. It's requiring some, you know, what they call one way, which may- basically means you got to line up and, you know, one ship in one ship out, but that's moments of delay relative to, uh, to an entire, um, ve- uh, voyage for a ship like that.
1: Well, did they miss the the um the crew must have missed the day that Jimmy Buffett taught uh, now, nav- you know, keep it within the navigational beacons, right? That's, That's right. Life life right. lessons. Well, right, thankfully. Right
0: goes on the left side when you're <laughs> <Right>. leaving.
1: <laughs> or red uh, goes on the left side. I red
0: poor. Red right return. Wow.
1: Yes, there you right. go. Um, there you but regardless, go. thankfully, no one got hurt and hopefully gets freed uh, with no issues uh, in the uh, days, weeks ahead. We'll see. Uh, Gene Pledger is back with us. Gene of Northern Alabama, uh, supply chain practitioner. Welcome, you know, We Gene. never ask what the weather's like in northern Alabama, so Gene, let us know. Yeah, give us give us that weather report. We're going to blink, and it's going to be the Weather Channel. Uh, Greg, uh, everybody talks about the weather. No, we, one we don't have to be right, it.
0: Scott. Maybe <laughs> we should think about that. All
1: right, Sylvia echoes your sentiment. Evergreen is renamed to Everstuck. <laughs> Everstuck. <laughs> Love it. And Mohib is feeling the shocks this morning. Shocks, shock the world, he says. So again, a tip of the hat to Wichita State. University. Okay. Uh, One final, Greg, before we bring on our guests here today, one final story here. Starbucks is finally looking to get rid of its disposable cups. So, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, the company is currently experimenting with a reusable cup system. Of course, as you might imagine, it had to delay that a little bit in recent years due to the pandemic. But the overall initiative is driven in part by the company's efforts at cutting its waste sent to the landfill in half by 2030. So I don't know about you, Greg, but I've never liked using the cups. Uh, you get the you know, cup, which is sturdy, lid, the insulation ring. It's a lot. And I hate dropping those things in a trash can. I'd like using my own cups if I can, but it seems like a good move. Your thoughts, Greg? Greenwashing. Um,
0: that's my first thought. Uh, S- Starbucks just got a a new, a new CEO, which is their old CEO, their founder, in the last few days. But of course, I applaud this initiative. If Starbucks r- really wants to contribute to reducing waste, they should close their drive-through forever. Shame mm. on everyone who ever waits in line at a drive-through. You are all contributing to global warming, and mm. um, <laughs> and and you're doing it not because it's faster. It is proven that it is much, much slower to go through a drive-through. You're too lazy to get out of your car, get off your butt, get on your feet, get in line inside where it's warm or cold, right. wherever you may be, and help save the planet. I mean, look, let, let's face it, Scott. Look, all these initiatives are all about responding to consumers and... and as li- li- lightly impacting their profits and vol- and revenues as much as possible
2: mm.
0: because they they could have far more impact by simply closing the drive-thrus, but they're not going to do that because it's going to impact their top line. Mm. So this is as good as they can come up with now. So I guess we have to accept it. <laughs> <I> probably, <laughs> well, and by the way, meant to open that statement with, I want to apologize for my cynicism during these next few statements, <laughs> So let me apologize in retrospect. I want to apologize for my cynicism in these last past few statements. So.
1: Man, you're bringing coming in hot today, Greg. i tell you uh, what. You know,
0: I, first of all, I am an incredibly impatient person, and I hate drive-thrus. I hated them first for that, for having to wait in line, to wait in line. To, you had to wait in line to order, to wait in line to pay, to then wait in line to get your food. And it <laughs> <laughs> just never made sense to me. So I just simply parked and went inside. And then I realized it was so much faster than I saw some studies that said it is so much faster. And it reduces car- the carbon footprint of any human buying any product in okay. any store by something like tenfold. Wow. It's ridiculous how God much better it is for us. So that's the part we can all do is yes. to get off our lazy duffs and walk in the door.
1: Use a shiver legs, right? Use a shiver. Oh, legs. I okay. like that. Legs. <laughs> I stole that. Hold on, hey. hold on. I'm writing that down. Write that down. I stole that from my dear friend, Highland Wong uh, back in the air force. So Highland, hope this finds you well, wherever you are. Love um, Okay, so Greg, we're going to get a few bonus minutes with our uh, fearless friend here that's joining us in the live stream. Hot dog. Let's go get him. Yeah, let's go ahead and welcome in Matt Fitzgerald, Director of Product Management with Six River Systems. Matt, good morning. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Welcome aboard. How are you guys doing? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. It's uh, great to chat with you pre-show here today. Uh, and before we get started, we're going to be talking about a couple different things with you here today, uh, from the labor market to modex to some things that six river systems is up to, but Greg, we learned pre-show that Matt is a, well, he's a big sports fan, but in particular, he's a big Boston Bruins fan. Right. Yep. And, uh, one of his favorite figures of all time is Ray Bork. Matt, you shared a little story about Ray Bork on the front end. Tell us about that trophy.
2: Sure thing. Yeah. So I grew up, you know, watching the Bruins. I still watch it today. And Ray Bork is like a, a legend around here in Boston. And he got let go by the Bruins, went to the Avalanche when I was in, just starting out my career, actually. Yeah. And he won the cup. And it was like the message was the Bruins let him go because everybody loves Ray, so he can go and win the cup. And being the kind of guy he is, he brought the cup back to Boston. We all went down to City Hall Plaza, a big open space, and he brought it back. And thank the fans here just as much as I would imagine he did the Colorado fans it was pretty moving and he's still a member of the community and does things around the Boston area so he's a he's a great guy to continue to cheer for
1: I love that Greg I love
0: that story man yeah no wonder everybody loves him you know the the Chiefs did a similar thing they just made the mistake of giving Tony Gonzalez to the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) in the hope that he might win the Super Bowl ouch so m- misguided giving, unfortunately, but who, I mean, there was no reason to expect that they wouldn't accept that, you know, they're the Falcons. So, <laughs> um, But it, I think that, I, I think that's a great payoff and I think it's um, brilliant, you know, and I, I think another kind of tradition, and I, I, I don't know if, if Bork did this, but a lot of players come back and get a one day, $1 contract with mm-hmm. their team so that they can retire as the team that they first started with or loved the most or whatever, which a lot of players do. I think that's a great tradition. It allows them to go into the Hall of Fame as what if they go, of course, as whatever team they want to. So um, I love that. Yeah, I, I love it when players like that love their city so much mm. that they want to share that with them. That's just a fantastic story. It gives you it's ten
2: a great. Piece. It's a great one and. I think he loves the city so much that he actually gets out of his car at uh, drive-throughs too. He does go through the line. <laughs> okay. I've, seen I've, few,
0: I've seen a few uh, coal, coal, uh, smoky buildings in in Boston, <laughs> right? I mean, Boston has the disadvantage of having had that going on since like the 1600s. So yeah. um, <laughs> you got to be particularly aware of that there, right? love Apples that. Either, Streets yeah. are about as wide as a horse or two. So, <laughs> Matt, that is true. You, don't,
1: you don't miss anything. I love that. So thank you. Uh, and also just to close the loop for everybody, Matt is from Boston, still makes his home in the uh, Boston area. Um, all right. We're going to, we're going to shift gears, but I want to bring this in from Josh really quick since Matt went there. Josh says, Josh says the world won't end. If you walk in a restaurant or coffee shop, like Greg said, it was faster for me to go into the local store versus the drive-thru. Uh, absolutely, Josh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, so let's shift gears for a minute. Uh, so we're going to dive into some of the things that you're uh, you're observing there and doing and uh, some of the conversations you're having, some of the folks you're working with there at Six River Systems. Um, and I want to start, Matt, with this interesting article via uh, modern materials handling. Right. So um, as we all know, the labor market is extremely challenging at all levels, uh, in, in a variety of functional uh, uh, areas as well, the peerless research group, according to this article here, conducted recent market surveys, and they found a couple things. Here, I'm going to summarize just a few things that stu- uh, stood out to me. First, only one third of supply chain professionals surveyed feel that their companies are "quote unquote" highly prepared to meet demand with current staff in place. Uh, secondly. Two thirds of those surveyed have attempted to increase wages to keep the team members they, they currently have on the team in place, right for uh, retention purposes. And then I also want to uh, share this uh, uh, data from the survey as well. So check this out. Look at some of the ways that these companies have attempted to deal with talent shortages, including up at the top cross functional training uh, and a few other things there. So. With this as a backdrop, Matt, I want to start with you. What stands out uh, to you, whether it relate, uh, related to the labor market, this survey, this even this specific information here?
2: It's a good one. And um, you know these numbers seem to make sense what, from when I've gone around and walked around our customers' warehouses and things like that. I definitely see a lot of cross-functional trending. They see where the gap is on a given day because, unfortunately, a lot of our customers and general folks in warehousing and uh, fulfillment just don't have enough people. So they're constantly shifting the, the labor pool from job to job or task to task. And the other thing that jumps out to me here is the implement t- new technologies. Only down there are like 23%. And I, I really think there's an opportunity for automation to help out here. I mean, I've been in the automation space for the last uh, decade. I've right. been in warehouses and manufacturing plants uh, all across the world. And I really think automation uh, can really help people out and get them, you know, to do more. And it really it isn't the story of like taking things away from people. It's about adding capacity and adding that flexibility. And it it helps with that number one thing of like employee retention.
1: Mm. So, Greg, I was uh, kind of follow up on what Matt shared in there. I was kind of really surprised that new technologies was so far down in this. Uh, this set of data. Your thoughts, Greg. I think it's the, uh, the main
0: reason for that is because we're trying to solve a labor issue with typical labor solutions, the the status quo or the legacy labor solutions that we've had uh, all throughout our past, and um, I, I think we need to think in new ways. Look. We say this frequently, Matt, you know and we've recognized this statistic as you probably have, and we talk about this a lot on supply chain now, in 2019, there were 44 million supply chain professionals in, in North America alone. Mm. and two million open jobs in 2019. Now there are more jobs required and fewer people. To do, you know, to do those jobs. So even more job openings. That was nearly a 5% unemployment rate in that this industry alone. Mm-hmm. And it's much, much higher than that. And some of those jobs, I call it the 3Ds, dark, dirty, and dangerous. Those jobs will never be filled by the incoming generations. They were, in fact, they were left at a higher rate than expected by the people doing them, mostly baby boomers, over the last two years, and will likely never be filled. I think, and I often say this a little more strongly than you, which I can because I don't have to temper my statement so I'm not trying to sound salesy, right? I mean, if you say it, you sound pitchy. If I say it, I sound like an idiot. But nonetheless, <laughs> I'm right. Um, and, th- and that is um, that automation and technology is not an advantage. It is, the word of the day, compulsory. Mm. It is absolutely necessary because some of these jobs will never again ever be filled by human beings. And frankly, technology can do it at such an incredible rate more effectively than human beings ever could. There's no reason not to. And as you said, I believe we are past apologizing for technology taking people's jobs. Technology will now take jobs that humans don't want anyway and elevate humans to do those things that they do so much better than technology. So um, it's staggering that it is so low, but at the same time, the shift of, you know, of mind space to think of it in a, in a different, I didn't say my space, mind space. <laughs> 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 to think of things in a new way or with new solutions takes time. Right. right. Y- even in, a, a you know, the situation where we have a catastrophic disruption like we've seen over the last
1: couple of years. All right. So, Matt, y- your thoughts there. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to talk about what Six River is up to uh, in a few moments. But your thoughts of what Greg shared.
2: I totally agree. I mean, I'll tell you guys a little story. When I first started out, the first time I worked at a robot company a while back, my mother was proud of me that I got a new technology job, but angry at me because I was going to steal people's jobs. Mm. My parents are blue collar. I grew up blue collar until I went to college, working construction and everything else. And that was like her like lecture to me, like you're stealing people's jobs. And I was like, mom, and to this, still to this day, I'm not. It's I'm helping business to survive. We want these you know, American-made companies, and think we want things now. We can't find enough people to enable that here. You know, right. and so um, we're, with automation, we're really helping people do more, and we're also helping people take on new jobs they never thought of. I was at a customer last week in the Midwest, and there's a guy there. His responsibilities—he's in charge of our robots. That wasn't in his career path. He right. didn't think about that, and it's a new, exciting thing for him to do and be a part of.
1: Mm. All right, so Greg, we've talked a lot about that um, here in the last couple of years, right? Because that's the that's that's a part of the reality that automation offers, right? The, these uh, things that are outside of of current paths, all of a sudden, folks that lean in and can um, you know see this as an opportunity, they are going right. to get trained up and and add more to their um, uh, their their tool belt, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so and too, why? and they
0: can also they can also be elevated to jobs that are much more satisfying for human beings. Right. And, and um I, can you throw up those stats again, sure. Scott? Um, because I'm curious. Um, think about what the incoming generations want as, um, as a draw for a job, right? They want a sense of purpose, a higher calling, that mm. sort of thing. None of that is in here either. So, how far are we off the mark as a, as management leaders not to be acknowledging and trying to hire or redevelop the organization for that aspect as well? Mm. And again, technology, I think technology enables that. It enables the human to do something that is more fulfilling, that is more purposeful and more and much, much higher purpose than, you know, making sure this this nut is tightened to six feet foot pounds or whatever <laughs> right I, I mean it's um you know it's just uh, i feel like we're still a bit off the mark but an, yet another disruption right next time maybe the ship gets crossways in the canal right. or in the in the channel in right. baltimore and then we really start thinking about it
1: mm. you but know the these kind of disruptions but i'm going to bring in a couple uh this cross functional training got a couple couple people's attention yeah, Sylvia says I Cross-functional training is the key. Going back 40 years in the German apprenticeship program and freight forwarding, we had to touch on every aspect in the logistics supply chain. It has not changed in four decades, Sophia says. Love well, that. That's good and bad
0: there, I think, right? I mean, that they had cross-functional training is very good. But that cross-functional cha- training maybe not hasn't changed. That requirement probably still, mm. still exists. Hopefully, the approach has changed somewhat over the last four decades.
1: <laughs> right. T-Squared says the cross-functional training is a must, but it's grossly grossly lacking the need for upskilling. Uh, oh, it's grossly lacking without the need for upskilling, mm-hmm. perhaps. There you go. T-Squared holding down the fort for us on YouTube. Great to see you here today. Mohib says cross-functional training increases resource capacity and flexibility. However, it tends to reduce specialization. That's a good point. It's mm-hmm. all about prioritizing the trade-offs needed at the time. Um, Matt, when it, whether it's cross-functional training or something else that comes to mind. Uh, by the way, I love the stories. Uh, uh you know, of you out in the market, kind of seeing these things play out, yeah. seeing what it means for both companies and their teams and the consumer. Uh because I hate to use that word. I hate whenever I say win-win-win, I feel like I'm selling something, but it, you truly we're creating good value for, for all parties.
2: Uh, Absolutely. And that's a big thing. You know what, one of the things we do here at six rivers, we we go out and visit a lot of our customers at their peak time. So right Mm. before the holidays (laughs) and we we send anybody who wants to go in the company to go visit because we don't want to just be there when it's like the ho-hum daily basis. We want to see what it's like when it's really Mm. happening. And I, I, I did that this year for uh, uh, about four days, and it, it was remarkable to see uh, like the operations really humming and everything else and seeing our products fly around, just have these little anecdotal chats with folks on how they're doing, what makes their lives better, and what's challenging and, and things Love like it. that.
1: Going to the Gimba, Matt, uh, is what you're doing for sure, where the yeah, value is yeah. created. Um, all right, so Matt, I want to ask you, and, 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 and Greg, let's talk about what Six River Systems does. For the three people that may be tuned in uh, across the world that may not know, because uh, y'all have been on quite um, quite the move in recent years, what does Six River Systems do, Matt?
2: Thanks for asking. Yeah, we are a uh, solution provider, and we look at it as a solution. You heard me refer to working in robotics or our robot, but it's not all about our robot. We're helping customers, whether they're 3Ps, 3PLs, e-com, business to business, we've got a whole system that is optimizing f- the fulfillment in your warehouse. We're going to look what you have, we're going to integrate with the WMS, and we're going to push the orders to the robot. And the robot does sort of the three Ds that Greg was talking about. The robot goes, it leads you where to go, it shows you what you have to pick, And then it carries all of the products for you. So you're Hmm. not pushing this heavy rack around all the time, right? And so we're all about like optimizing your warehouse and making sure if you do have those labor shortages, we're going to make you more productive. We're going to increase your efficiency across the board. And it really does. Like I was talking about, like people are happy to use them too because it makes their life easier. Like I was talking about, there's a picture on there, right? I was with a customer a couple months ago and he's like, Matt, you know, I can't tell you how many times with our old system, I would be the end of the day, I'm tired, cognitive recognition is out the door because I've been walking around for 10 hours mm. and I've gone to aisle one instead of aisle 10. He's like, I've <laughs> never made that mistake with your system. It just leads me there. So I don't have to worry. It makes my job easier at the end of the day. I mean, we've yeah. all done this, right? Right. Like, sure. At the end of yeah. the day, you're trying to crank something out and you're like, oh, I just went to the wrong place or you know,
1: something it's, like it's- that. It's human. We all certainly have done that. And these folks are working hard. There's more and more demand on what they do. And one thing, and Greg, I'll get you to touch on on this as well, but what I love you speaking to there is that employee experience, right? How can we take better care of our teams? How can we put them in better, safer, um, more productive, but also more uh, rewarding and fulfilling that Greg has spoken to? How can we really love on them uh, for all that they do for for industry and our organizations. Greg, your thoughts? Uh, my, immediately,
0: what came to mind was personal shopper, right? Oh, you need this? Let's go over here. I'll show you where it is, right? And then it carries it around for you Right? while you go on to the next <laughs> thing. I c- that could actually be a little bit of fun. I mean, I have done some picking in a warehouse, and believe me, it's not the most rewarding job, right? But mm-hmm. man, something like that
1: where I could go, oh, there it is. <laughs> Carry that around for me, <laughs> would you, Ponton? Come on, Chuck. Um, <laughs> well, now I gotta, I gotta circle back on something with you, uh, Matt. Maybe we're gonna have to have Miss Fitzgerald, your mother, on, because if all of that stuff isn't cool and and isn't isn't good for you know our teams, employees, folks coming into industry, folks already here. I mean, you make quite a case there. She, she still wasn't buying it, huh? She might now.
2: I think she she box at the, uh, the word robot. And I think that's common for a lot of people in the industry. They hear robot and they think like loss of jobs, but that's not the case. And that's why we're Six River Systems. We're not Six River Robotics because we're building a system that really optimizes the whole workflow. Our robot is definitely the face where the most associates use, and you're involved with that every day, but it's our whole system that we're trying to make things easier and faster for people to do their jobs.
1: I love that. You know, Greg, we have uh, interviewed quite a few people from Six River Systems over the years, right? Going yeah. back a couple of years now, that's the first time I've heard a team member mention what Matt just did. It, there's a reason we're not Her's Six Mother. River Robots. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, yeah. But there's a there's a reason we're not Six River Robots. We're right. Six River Systems. That, that's that's an important distinction, right?
0: I, I think it is because uh, first of all, the the precise use case. Matt you described includes a human being right what it what it isn't doing is replacing the human being what it is doing is augmenting the human being and uh, it creates a safety barrier right by not by not having them wandering around in a daze in in the distribution center or fulfillment center or whatever um, but also in carrying those objects as as they move throughout the warehouse as well so I think that's I mean that's an important thing to acknowledge your mom surely Could not argue (laughs) with that. Right, no. and, I, and by the way, I would never encourage putting someone's mother on this show because I have a feeling she could kick all of our butts. Right. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll have She'd to have us all convinced. Yeah, you know what? Robots, robots are a bad thing. <laughs> we'll have to pin that
1: for later, uh, Matt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But regardless, I'm so glad you shared that. Um, I'm going to circle back on a couple of things here. So y'all have got some uh, cool events coming up. We're going to talk about that in just a minute, Matt. Um, Mohib says, I agree with you, Greg, you can't pay these kids enough for the triple D jobs, right? Uh, dark, dirty, and dangerous, right, Greg? Yep. Robots bring in more business so that they can do more value added intellectual jobs as a human. It's a great point Nailed that Mohib, yep. uh, and I want to, uh, I completely butchered T squared's comment a second ago. He shared oh. what that this abbreviation meant. That's he must bit, it, be Gen Z, and you don't speak Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. I'm working on that fluency. But this is a great point he makes because while cross-functional training is a must and it's valuable, as he as he uh, mentions, it's grossly grossly lacking with respect to the need for upskilling. Right? Because uh, it's not the same right. thing. It's two different things. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about upskilling. When, uh, you know, you, you've got a technology, an automation solution that gets implemented into a facility, the employees naturally don't just cross train on different things. They've got to learn new skills and, and so be upskilled. And that's where some of the value is that we're all speaking to. So thank you, T squared. Yes. WRT with respect to lesson got learned. It. Okay. So Matt, so I think this is we, like Duolingo live. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to um, learn Gen Z. Yeah, seriously. Um, but great point, T squared. So Matt, uh, I think we've shared what Six River Systems does, and again, I, I love that um, your comment there. It's not robotics; it's systems. It's such an important point. Um, let's talk about Modex. Modex, is, as you know, we've been uh, Greg numerous times. We broadcast there. The last time they were in, in Atlanta officially in 2020. Right. Uh, it's been, um, right before the world shut down. Really? Right? Really? It's been described. I can't remember who I got this from Greg and Matt, but someone shared that it was the biggest supply chain trade show in the Western hemisphere, which kind of, kind of evokes circus, you know, PT Barnum in my mind. I don't know, but big show, a lot of cool things going on. Some of the best, um, uh, demonstration nine booths, booths don't do it justice. There's like, they're, they're like many tents. factories and many, many factories. warehouses. Yeah. So Six River Systems is going to be there. Matt, tell us about some of y'all's approach for this go-round.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll be there. We're in booth 8832. Just going to make sure my notes are right if anybody's <laughs> jotting that down. I don't want to mess that one up. But the whole system I talked about, we call it our fulfillment execution system. And we're going to be demoing that. We have a nice setup where you can walk through a hand-guided tour where we're going to show you all the things about how we can improve the efficiency, work with our robot, our AMR named Chuck, and actually see it in operation and all the things we we like to really add value to all the walls, the four walls of the warehouse. And we have a pack station. So we should be showing out packing out things like the whole way we want to add value. But one of the things I want to highlight and invite everybody to come to is we have a competition too. We have a, uh, what's called pick to win and we have two real aisles and you go head to head so we can set you up Scott and Greg head to head and we have a leaderboard and everything. Your name goes up in lights. So love who's it. the faster picker with Chuck? You know, And that that really draws people in, gets them excited, and it gives you rapid hands-on experience with our technology so you can try it out.
0: Matt, uh, could yeah. you put two Chucks together to work and compete against like two humans? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that John Henry thing, right? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so th- to clarify, again, for the three people that may not know this, but the bots at Six River Systems are known as Chuck, right? That, that So when we're talking about Chuck, we're talking about uh, the bots component of their um uh, of their solution. Um Matt, I don't know whoever came up with that, just pick the win concept modex. But man, Love that it. is so cool. You got that 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 competitive um spirit. You know, I thought folks whoever whoever's on top of that leaderboard, it's gonna be like watching the leaderboard at at the masters coming up uh in what April, you know, they're gonna be protecting that leadership status. But Matt, really cool. And we've got a link, by the way, we dropped the link where you can learn more about meeting the Six River Systems team at Modex, you'll find that in the comments. Greg, uh, maybe me and you can pick a time and show up and see who can who can duke it out. We should check that out. You know the that uh,
0: international affairs and business conference uh, is that week, right. but but maybe there's a day. Uh, pick the win, can go man. Come on first. It might be Monday. <laughs> uh, what? Well. We'll double day, check that. What day does Modex start? Because, um, Matt, I would do anything to go head-to-head <laughs> with Scott Luton.
1: <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> Next Monday it starts. Okay. It, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll Monday, have to through check Thursday. that out. And folks, click on the link uh, to learn more about not just pick the win, but everything else that uh, Matt and the team have got going at Modex. Greg, that's not all. In the words of the infamous Ron Popeil, love that guy. Um, Matt, y'all are doing something with Project Vert on March 30th, a really cool tour, networking session, adult beverages I think are involved. Tell me more about that.
2: Yeah. So to build off of what you talked about, so our robot is like a, it's a cart that has a scanner and a screen on it and everything else. And you you get to try during pick to win and we'll set up Greg and Scott should they want to compete against each other. (laughs) And that's, that's, it's a trade show demo. It gets you hands-on. It gets you excited about it. But we're doing a tour of one of our actual customers at Atlanta, Project Vert, And you could actually go see our product and our solution in action because nothing beats it in context, right? Like, you you see this robot in a trade show booth. It's compelling. But how does that work in my warehouse? How does that add value? Well, you can take us up on it and join us on March 30th. and Go to Project Vert and see it. Ask questions of the folks there. Ask questions of our team meet some new peers in the industry and we're going to have a nice like networking and happy hour after the event. So it's a really great one to put our technology in context and think about how it might add value.
1: I love that. And look here, Jose says, "I am in. I am so in." Jose says, "Okay, I'm added to the so. Greg, your thought about the Project Vert tour. I love that idea.
0: If I recall correctly, Project Vert is a uh e-com fulfillment three PL for lack of a better term. Right. So, I mean, if you want to see how your order gets picked when you buy it on Shopify uh, or a website or whatever, I mean, this is a great example of how it really, really happens. So I think that would be enlightening for a lot of folks and um, maybe Matt, just saying, (laughs) invite your mom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, Miss Fitzgerald, <laughs> hey, we're not picking on you. Uh, we no, love no, how. Mean, I think it, it might be good
0: because I maybe think so. the folks at Project Vert can convince her if you can't that people are not losing their jobs, right?
1: Yes, I love it. Uh, uh, so, Miss Fitzgerald, wherever you are, the Supply Chain Now team wishes you nothing but the best. And we appreciate all that you've done uh, yeah, raising goodness in action. Right. That's right. Um, okay, really quick. Uh, I wanted to add T squared. He is a proud Gen Xer. He's one of us. Yes, right. He is a Gen Xer. I want to make that really clear. Well, he's a highly
0: educated one because he also (laughs) speaks Gen Z, right? So
1: he's he's multilingual. Yes. (laughs) Sylvia is a big fan of uh, the upskilling conversation, including what T squared shared. And I want to add this here from Mohib. So he's he's speaking right to you, uh, Matt. He says, "Matt, I want to develop a mixed integer." linear programming model with my kid before she graduates high school what are some of the thoughts goals objective functions and constraints i should pass to her so we can optimize and simulate warehouse operations now matt i don't put you on the spot uh if you, you you're more than welcome that that's, that's above my pay grade you're more than welcome to connect with mohib after uh today's session but is there anything that you'd like to share with mohib there
2: uh, yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, I think some of the things you want to figure out is like, what is your your designed rates? What are you looking to get for a throughput? How big is the area that you're going to be operating in? Are you going to have yeah. more? How many, like in our system, how many robots we have? We have a whole solution team that goes in and says customers like we want to solve this problem. We want to automate our picking process. And we go in and we ask all these questions and like, how big is the robot? or the, um, the solution that you're coming up with in regards to the aisle widths and traffic flow and congestion. So there's mm. a number of things there and I'm happy to connect. I'm on LinkedIn. If you want to share some notes back and forth, I love that you're thinking about having your child learn more about this stuff. And it's, it's yeah. wonderful.
1: Agreed, Matt. Hey, really quick, Greg, i gonna throw it over to you for your, one of your last comments before we make sure folks how to connect with Matt, but uh, what Matt's speaking to there is at least part of what I heard is it's not a, you know, unpack the solution out of the same box same you know same thing standard plugging in and, and this is how it works lots of different levers lots of things considered to truly you know customize uh, a solution that is the best fit for that specific operation it's part of what I heard there but Greg your thoughts
0: yeah I think you, you know you have to consider what your layout layout is I think a lot of companies spend a lot of time focusing on the industrial engineering aspect of a manual facility. Right. And then that can either be efficient or inefficient, depending on how humans interact with it. When you have robotics interacting with it, it's a completely different scenario. And and I think, you know, that's one of the things you have to think about is you can actually take robots. uh, You know, we know a lot about Six River. So uh, and I've worked with other robotics companies where you can take a suboptimal environment and still be highly efficient with robots because they Mm. don't get tired. They can move fast when they know it's safe to do so that sort of thing. And, um, so there's, you know, there are all kinds of, of ways to, to, uh, attack this problem. And I'd just like to say one more thing. And that is I have met Mohib's daughter. Um, and first of all, the whole family is full of geniuses. His wife is also a PhD candidate and his daughter is, uh, unbelievably intellectual and you can just see it in her eyes. We were having a conversation in a, um, Kind of an incubator space that had makerspace in it, and you can just see her processing everything that she was seeing and being said at the same time. Um, So, Matt, I'm just going to tell you: if you get in a conversation with him, (laughs) be careful and bring a scientist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that, Um, and I also love going back to the front end of your comments there, Greg. It's it's not um, you you have an opportunity not only to automate but also to optimize right. the operations and the processes and the layout as it were. So, um, all right, Matt, really enjoyed your time with us here today. I, I love the stories you brought. Uh, of course, we loved um, talking uh, about Miss Fitzgerald uh, and and her take on industry. Who knows? Well, well, we may have to revisit that and have her on. I think that'd be really cool. But, you know, I know we had a little fun with that, but I think there is. There, there are a lot of folks, I believe, that are still kind of breaking through some of the uh, some of the thinking that that we've talked through, and then kind of how they perceive technology, how they perceive, yep. you know, the robots are coming, that kind of stuff. But um, we're making progress, uh, and I think Greg, as I as I as we go back mentally through all these conversations we're having, you can almost see it tangibly being made uh, out across industry. But Matt, I know you've welcomed a post show conversations, cups of coffee. And reusable cups and, and and other things and, and no drive-throughs. But uh, how can <laughs> how, how can folks connect with you and the Six River Systems team, Matt?
2: Sure, I, I'd love to uh, reach out. Please reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll find me there just under Matt Fitzgerald at Six River Systems. It'll be a quick search. And then, as always, you can find us all through our website. And we were talking about Modex there. And if you go to our web page, we've got a, a link there that you can sign up for a meeting or sign up for project work. So. We'll see you out there in the uh, the internet and then we'll That's see right. you in person at MODEX next week. Awesome. And
1: Matt, just so you know, and, and, and all of our listeners know, we've got those links to MODEX. We've got the links to the Project Vert Tour. We've got the links to Matt. So you can do one click away from connecting with him out on LinkedIn. Matt, a truly a pleasure to have you with us here today. Uh, Kidding aside, give your family our best regards. That's why we're here. Standing on the shoulders of those giants, and we look forward to connecting with you. Hopefully next week here at Modex, That'd
2: be awesome. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. This is a fun time. you bet.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thanks so Thanks, much, Matt. Thanks, Gerald. All right. Good intel. Thanks. Man, I loved it. Uh, really. Yeah. Um, good stuff there. Very frank conversations. And Mohib, I love your question. I love what you're doing. Uh, to echo what Matt and Greg are saying, um, you know how you're. Working alongside your daughter um, to really open, you know, continuing to open up, um, you know, areas of opportunity and ideas and passions of what maybe she wants to accomplish in her career. So love that, Mohib. Um, Greg, really quick, I want to pop this back up because um, I've got the link now. Uh, big thanks again to uh, Amanda, Chantel, and Catherine, folks. We want to invite you to join us. Our this this really open. Frank, uh, facilitation, uh, session. If you care, if you want to get involved and find a way to take action to help those in Ukraine, join us this Wednesday at 3 PM for our leveraging logistics for Ukraine session. And we're going to drop that link in the chat as well. Um, but Greg, going back to Matt Fitzgerald and Six River Systems, uh, you know, I really enjoy when you meet a new team member for an organization you're familiar with, right? And yeah. You think you know them, right? And then you learn a couple of new things. Uh, yeah. Matt brought it today, huh? Yeah, I think you get. Uh, it's really
0: interesting to get uh, broad perspectives, even from within an organization, right? Uh, though there are some really significant similar themes. I think Matt um, he enunciated what their their greater purpose is. Uh, in a different way than we've heard before, and it I'm sure it resonated with people that you know we haven't or they haven't resonated with before. So um, you know that's a key part of having a diversity of of people within a company, and that's why you want those different points of views and all of those different. Life learnings and and um, you know ethnicities and genders and all of that sort of thing because we've seen all of that here with Six River we've seen uh, a really broad cross section of who works with that team and what they all bring to this is a singular purpose which is clear but different perspectives on that purpose which I think are really really valuable.
1: Agreed, agreed. Look forward to our next conversation. But big thanks to Matt Fitzgerald and the Six River Systems team for joining us here today. Pick the win. Modex. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. I can see a lot of competitive people, including this guy right here. This guy, uh, plenty of competitive people that are going to be signing up and wanting to win and and be at the top of that leaderboard, right?
0: Oh, unquestionably.
1: I have no, (laughs) I have no question.
0: But, you know, you and I may be close in, yeah. in score, but somebody who actually does this for a living is going to go <laughs> in there and just smoke everyone yes. who thinks they're a supply
1: chain guru, right? So I don't know if Matt can hear us and 6 word team can hear us, but how cool would it be to have like a championship belt like like Hulk Hogan had or Ric Flair had to the winner? We'll see if they can up update it, but regardless, I y'all check I out. I
0: guarantee you they have some momentum. <laughs> they mimento. got something. They got something. You
1: probably... You're probably not going to win a chuck.
0: Uh, I was going uh, to say you could clear, win a little bitty chuck, right? <laughs> cool. It's like winning an Oscar each year, right? You like me, you really, really, you really like, like me.
1: <laughs> well, hey, folks. Hopefully, y'all have enjoyed this conversation as much as Greg and I have had here today. With uh, uh, great to have all of y'all. Love the the commentary. Yep. Love the observations. Uh, of course, we learned that uh, t squared is a proud fellow Gen Xer. Yeah, that was much more hip than we region. are, clearly, right? <laughs> right. I mean... And eloquent with his... Um, I didn't need to know, but I appreciate <laughs> it. But hey, it's about taking action. Uh, we dropped a ton of links, different ways you can get involved from events and conferences like Greg's speaking at, uh, Greg and Kevin next week, to Modex, to the facility tours that yeah. our friends at Six River Systems are hosting. That's really cool. To... The humanitarian stuff, right? Because supply chain makes it happen. We're in a unique position to really meet a very intense need. So hopefully some folks will join us this Wednesday as we kind of just figure out how we can, where wherever we are in our walk of life, how we can help uh, folks in need in Ukraine and elsewhere. Um, Greg, always a pleasure. Likewise. Big, big thanks to you joining us here today. Folks, whatever you do, hey, whatever you do, whatever you act on, something maybe you heard here today, take action. You got to do good. Give forward. be